You're listening to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. Hello everyone and welcome back to What the Folklore, making sense of senseless tales. I am your storyteller, Carmen. I'm the crime weaver, Tyler. Queen's already laughing. <laughs> this is a good one. Thank you. Thank you, uh, the Davenator on Twitter for this one. I, <laughs> I am Professor Chorgasm, <laughs> and my name is Gordy. That's very good. We're back to like a normal recording for the first time in a, a month. Oh, yeah. while because we we were all taken down by the flu, and then we had kind of a a weird and rocky time with the Dunois. So. I'm just glad it's behind me. It's done. I don't want to think about it anymore. It's done. Have we we're ever looked up the right pronunciation of Dolnois? I think we're pretty close. Are we sure about that? Because uh, every time it comes up, I have this little nagging feeling in the back of my head that says, I've never heard this pronounced. I'm pretty sure I had a from, robot do apart it Apart from here, yeah, I think, and I don't know I if it's right. I think we had a French robot yell it at us, but we could have like a native French speaker yell at us also if there's one out there listening who's been cringing at us for a while. Uh, but I think that's that's pretty close to correct because it's, it's definitely not Dalnoy. Well, if we can't trust the French robots, who can we trust? True. They are the most trustworthy of the robots. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by... Oh, wait. French Dalnoy. Okay. Yeah, it's just... So we're doing it right, just a little bit anglicized. Dalnoy. 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 But, but I don't want to do all that. Every time we say Dalnoy. Just record it. You're adding like an extra in in there. Record... Dalnoy. Record one one good clean one, and I will just swap it out. Just like a you stamp. absolutely will not. For, I will not. I will not do that. Yeah, that there's no those, control F function. That's, for that's one of those audio. things that might be kind of fun, but I do not want to keep up with that. Uh, so today's episode is uh, sponsored by Oliver Snoutman, a very good boy and owner, presumably. Oliver Snoutman's a dog. <laughs> good, good dog though, like a pretty husky dog. Uh, Oliver Snoutman is Iron Thompson Type 201. The lean dog prefers liberty to abundant food and a chain. Good boy. Makes good sense to me. Good boys choose liberty. Thanks, Oliver and owner. Uh, So today we're jettisoning out of France as fast as we possibly can. Never to look back until maybe in a few months or a year. Um, We are going to the Caucasus. Caucasus? Caucasus. I don't know. Caucasus. Caucasus. It's like Caucasian. Yeah, we're gonna read a Caucasian tale. Yeah, we are. It's about time. It's about time white people were in a story. Well, I mean, this is from like the general Russia area, so pretty, yeah, pretty, pretty good. white. Um, I found this one titled "The Incombustible Tulip." Whoa! Mm-hmm. So it's a steampunk story. Because I can't, I can't look at a title called "Incombustible Tulip" and not say I'm gonna inflict this on my roommates. That um, is that is definitely some kind of airship, <laughs> right? <laughs> we have to assume. I found this while searching for a specific story suggested by Anne Kristen. Anne Kristen and I have been hunting for the Caucasian tale, the moon, for a while. But Caucasian plus the moon <laughs> is a very difficult search query. So if you have like a book that you found this in, or even better, a link that'll. That'll get us there, and we will return to this region to read that one. Yeah, a source that you are def- like specifically familiar with. When um, Because as, as Tyler put it, the SEO for the moon is straight janked. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever you, when you do send us 
stories whenever you can include a link or a source or any even just like a treasure map to its possible location that does yeah, help. just give us a scent we'll set the dogs out on it <laughs> we got one dog on our team now oliver snoutman yeah. yes dds uh, so thank you, Anne Kristen, for your suggestion. Hopefully one day we will find it. But thank you for putting me in the path to discover this on my own. So you get, you get partial credit yeah, for this one. <laughs> All right. Um, so this is from the book Caucasian Legends, uh, which was translated from the Russian of A. Gulbat, which is a cool last name that I want, really. First initial A. Yeah. Gulbat. <laughs> Gulbat. want to be a Gulbat. That's um, not your alternate universe name, though. Sergei de Weselitsky Bojidarovich, which I mangled because I'm just like reading it through as I go. Um, and it's not, it's not Ghoulbat, which is now the name to end all names. Ghoulbat. <laughs> Ghoulbat's pretty good, if that is indeed his name. So it's from, from that <clears throat> book. I have summarized it out of its original, like, thou and thine thick English mm-hmm. and taken out some lengthy descriptions of what you do with horses. So what you're do welcome. you do with horses? Uh, a lot of running with them and complaining about them. So and petting and apples. Yeah, you apple horses pretty. Don't you pretty make good. candles out of horses? We do. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Find them on our Etsy shop. <laughs> Etsy.com slash horsewax. <laughs> Etsy.com slash pony sense. <laughs> we have one review there. It says, like, from their ears or what? <laughs> no, dog. The whole thing. It's like the a two and a half horse. star, like, good candle. Where the, where the wax from again? It's from the globules you sweat out of their bodies. <laughs> I think it's called horse sense or pony wicks. Pony wicks. <laughs> I'm going pony wicks. All right. Pony wicks. <laughs> you guys ready? Please. Incombustible tulip. In the com- country of Pontus, which is north of the Arabs, there lived a young hero, Morphilize, who defeated the defeated the Valar who defeated Valarsis of Armenia and annexed a bunch of land and was therefore named Tsar of his country. So there's a long description of what campaigns looked like there. Skip that for you. You're welcome. All we need to know is that there's a czar. Yeah. Dude is czar now. His name is Morpheus. Yeah. <laughs> is it really? Uh, his name is Morphilizy. His name Morpheus. is Morpheus. Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> his name was Lawrence Fishburne. He gave us the red pill. Weren't we talking about czars the last time Lawrence Fishburne came up? <laughs> is Lawrence Fishburne uh, just a czar? That's a bizarre know, like, coincidence. Sub- subconscious so. a, a bizarre, bizarre coincidence? It's not. It's not <laughs> that. Title of the episode. <laughs> Write it down right now. Oh, Put it on your forget. label maker. Also, just keep your label maker out here. I could cut all of that and no one would ever know about it. <laughs> Uh, so one of the counties he annexed was governed by John Damask, who had a super hot daughter named Nina. Nice. Damascus' bravery had uh, attracted Morpheus's or Lawrence Fishburne's attention during the battle, so he challenged him to a duel for funsies. This sounded like, like a good movie already, and it <laughs> casts itself. Like, I I own your country now. You were pretty good at the punches. Let's duel. Let's punch duel for Let's your... Let's punch it out. Like, is he dueling for his daughter? Nah, they're just dueling. Because he has a hot daughter. No, he doesn't know or about... Or irrelevant of the hot daughter. Irrelevant of the okay. hot daughter. He's not... 
the hot daughter is auxiliary information. Right now, we have a, a duel. And one of them has the blue eyes, a white what? dragon. Duel. A what? Attention, duelists. There you go. Um, so Damascus is kind of an older warrior, and for a little bit his experience was giving him a, a leg up in this duel thing. But after a big and his age, dex is better. the age thing started. He's uh, got better cards, maybe being a factor, and so he, he's he a better getting, strategist. He yeah. has time wizard and baby dragon, but his cards his cards aren't as strong. Right, but he's the better strategist. He's got combos. Uh, he he did he's believe on that wombo combo build. <laughs> He did believe in the heart of the cards, but his own heart is not not that strong anymore. RNG um, so let him he down. starts getting a little bit slow, and he uh, is somehow gored by the horse. I've seen that episode. <laughs> what horse? The horse that Morpheus is riding. Oh, they're they're mounted dueling. The Morpheus Apparently, horse. for at least part of this, they're dueling on horses. <laughs> so he, you did say something about fists, and now I am imagining that they are just <laughs> like riding by each other at high speed and trying to deck each other with their fists. No lances, just close. <laughs> Just, just I close would watch and uppercuts on the fly. I would watch that medieval times performance. They should do a, a special <laughs> that, MMA on horseback. That'd be just get them some padded armor and they'd be fine. Now is that still uh, is that still fit under Marquis de Queensbury rules for boxing? Uh, I think so. I mean, I think that all that all works out. I mean, what are the Marksbury Queens Queens whatever rules? <laughs> The Mark, punch rules Marksburg, of the queen. Marksburg <laughs> Queen's body. Marksburg Wallman. Marks Wahlberg Queen's. <laughs> what are they? I don't know. I don't know the rules. I'm not a boxer. Uh-huh. I'm a pugilist. Yes. Different. <laughs> you encourage boxing. Like you Chris Eubanks. Excuse me, sir. I am an equine pugilist. <laughs> That's I take it back. This is a reference. Listen to the listen to the Sunday one. That's what Gumbo does. <laughs> Equine pugilist. I'm locking it in. Good for Gumbo. (laughs) He's in much better shape. Morpheus tries to revive Damask, but he is definitely dying. No hope for it. So his last wish is for Morpheus not to abandon his daughter. Morpheus is like, I got you back. For Morpheus not to abandon his own daughter? No. Or Nina, Damascus' daughter. Okay, I don't remember who's who now. <laughs> Morpheus is the czar. Damascus was a good, good fighter boy that the czar the got da- bored. Yeah. Now when he says, like, don't, don't what? Don't leave my daughter? Don't, don't abandon. Ab- abandon her? What does that mean? She's all alone in the world. She needs someone to care for her. And what does that mean? Care for her? I don't The guy is dying. He doesn't have, like, the time to outline the care plan for this daughter. He didn't expect to be dueling a czar because the czar was bored. <laughs> on a horse you, sh- you probably should expect it probably like if you've if you've got a king of any kind lying around your country something's gonna happen because he's bored and it might involve you involve you so you have to be on high alert and do like drills for that yeah you want to give them a wide enough berth that they can't find you on horseback because <laughs> that you can't guarantee they'll just stay in the royalty playpen you can try your best but they get out sometimes so Morpheus goes to John Damascus' house and he sees Nina and is immediately overwhelmed by just the sheer hotness possessed by her. Yep. Nina, Snake. more like Nina nice. It's a good one. Good one. Is, is it can you declare it's a good one I after did. you say it? Can we can we do that one again? Check. Good one. I look I like that one. Can I hear it again? Nina, more like Nina nice. That was there a good, we go. That's that was better. a good one. It's 
a good one. You ever just rewatch a movie because you like it? I rewatch parts of movies because I like it. That's <laughs> not the, true. I've not watched the, the Sabbath. <laughs> like if someone says a real good joke, I'll rewind like three or four times and then fall asleep. <laughs> I have seen this happen too. Well, well, give me two more and I'll take a nap. <laughs> do you know? <laughs> do you Sounds know the, good. Do you it's, know the number of times we have joke. watched this one two second clip of Jurassic School? <laughs> Through in this apartment. Through to life. <laughs> just just this dinosaur puppet I mean, moving its head around. I mean, there's some gems in that movie. It's a good one. You should watch it. It's on Netflix probably maybe still. We're gonna we're gonna maybe we should like curate a list of stuff and put it on Patreon. Yeah, like hey, watch this these like, movies. These we're sorry, rec- you're welcome. Netflix these are approved rec- films. Yeah. Um, so he immediately is like, Welp, I'm marrying her. We will get married on this day. I knew it. Nice. Uh, Nina is not thrilled about marrying the dude who killed her dad, and her normally mild bearing took on a terrible fire. She declared thousands of times per hour that she would not marry him for anything. Sounds like she's hysterical. Pretty much, yes. Put her in a ward. Another hysterical woman. (laughs) Am I right? She did Periods and all that, you know. Get her a dildo. She just needs a man to take care of her. That's how they cured it, right? A vibrator. Close enough. It's Um, like a dildo with technology. She should become... a dildo with technology. You don't strap it to yourself. You just hold it. She should become an equine pugilist. Thousands of times an hour. Yeah, that's a a good complaint per hour ratio. It is many. Um, So Nina had a nurse who raised her, and she goes to the nurse for some advice. The nurse thinks about it and is silent for a while, and then she asks if maybe there's another reason she doesn't want to marry this bizarre person who just showed up. Uh, Nina. (laughs) No, nurse. It's the dad thing. I'm pretty sure about it. I don't know him, and he killed my dad. These are the two things. Are you sure? Uh, (laughs) Nina turns away, kind of emotional, and the nurse is like, Aha! So you do love that guy, Cicero. Um, His Cicero? Yeah. Morpheus? Who the hell is Cicero? This is a new person. Enter Cicero. Enter Cicero. New combatant. A new challenger. Uh, So Nina is definitely of some level of royal stock because her reaction to this is to throw herself on the floor at the nurse's feet and hide her face. And the nurse kind of caresses her hair and thinks over the problem that they're facing right now. And the nurse says, you're young, so I'm worried about giving you any kind of serious advice, teenagers. Mm -hmm. Um, But maybe you should consider that Cicero isn't even like an aristocrat. He's the Aznar, or I don't know how to pronounce that word, and Google had no idea what I was asking, uh, but I think it was Maddie pulled in through Discord. in the Discord chat. She did post something. I know she did. I want to make sure that I am attributing this to the right poster. Is this going to be one of those stories where Nina ends up punching all these dudes in the dick and doing her own thing? Mm-hmm. That's the way I'm, not I'm, there yet. I'm hoping right now. I want her to become robber girl. Oh, you're on a, a church of the knife alert here? It's just a hunch. It's just a just a feeling. I yeah, have no idea. It was indeed Maddie who gave us like a, an alternate spelling of the word from the book. It's a Georgian nobleman in pre-revolutionary Georgia. Uh, so they owned land and performed obligatory military, uh, military service. I just lost control of my tongue there. Um, but apparently just not, not noble enough. Mm-hmm. So... One rung down the ladder. Right. Um, Morpheus, however, is a king, which is pretty high up there. Mm-hmm. And, and he knows kung fu. <laughs> yeah. 
your dad probably would not approve of you hanging out with Cicero in the first place if he were alive. Also, think about this. You're pretty accustomed to living in luxury. Cicero is poor. King is rich. The only thing he's got going for you, for him is his constant submission to you. Uh, but in order to even be together, now that the Tsar has claimed you as his own, you're going to have to run away to the country of his forefathers, Italy, I assume, from his name. <laughs> yeah, it's a safe assumption. Uh, so the nurse thought she'd give him some solid advice and set Nina on the path to royalty. And so she's sitting there quietly staring at Nina and uh, Nina's thinking about this running away thing, so she's that sitting there good. staring quietly at the nurse. So they're both just looking at each other for a while, each of them in their own heads thinking, yeah, got <laughs> Did it. it. Um, so after they finish staring at each other silently, and, and it is described that they are staring at each other in silence, uh, <laughs> Nina flings herself in a hug around the nurse's neck and says, yeah, let's do that running away thing because I will die without Cicero and I do not need riches or a title. I love him more than I love you. I love him more than I loved dad. I love him more than fishes love water. And then she stabbed the nurse to death. <laughs> and then she gets hysterical. Oh, yeah, of course. That is a word used in the translation. Mm-hmm. Is Does she know Cicero? She does. Like, she has met him. Yeah, he's not and- an imaginary friend. Friend. and talked to him no, i know he's real have they interacted or is this just a like i've seen this guy now this is a dude that she's she's known before this king killed her father and then waltzed into her house is like i'll take that one <laughs> okay one nina please um so the nurse manages to <laughs> it's like when you put a kit kat in your shopping cart when you're like in the checkout aisle, you mm-hmm. see it and you're like, yeah, you're coming home with me. Yeah, why not? I came here to duel, but sure, I'll, I'll take this sweet treat. That's not a good way to treat people. <laughs> like Kit Kat bars? <laughs> just, just FYI, just so this, to make this that. This is your public service announcement. Do not treat people like a candy bar. Just to make bar. that very clear. Men or women or non-binary. Don't binary. break pieces off of them. Please don't. <laughs> don't do that. Don't eat them when you're angry. Don't eat them. <laughs> Don't eat them when you're, don't split them into four before doing your dark deeds on them. <laughs> Indeed. Don't, don't think too hard about anything said in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, this is not, this is not that show. It's not the show you think it is. Um, so she manages to soothe Nina down from hysterics and get her into bed. And then she calls Cicero to come, come over and by his reaction to Nina, she's persuaded that he is boundlessly devoted to her, and maybe this is what needs to happen. So, with some caution, she tells him what the whole deal is with the czar and yeah. the, the love situation. Um, and he's thrilled by the idea of, I guess, going back to his ancestral home and taking this hot chick with him. So, uh, the nurse tells him to go get two riding horses prepared and be ready at the western gates at midnight, and she'll bring Nina disguised in men's clothing. And then she gives him a belt sewn with gold. Remember that. Important to note. The nurse goes to Nina and preps her for a hasty departure. And then they meet Cicero at midnight and the two of them ride off. The nurse wanted to wait at the gate until she couldn't hear the footsteps of the horse anymore because she did love Nina like a mother. Um, But she's also very practical. So she goes back inside and just prays for their safety for the rest of the night. And then we never see her again. Uh, no, at sunrise, she makes a huge hullabaloo, so all the servants come running to find her out in the garden by the river where Nina's dress is laid out. This is a bad plan. Um, and so she makes up a lie about Nina drowning in the river. What's the lie? Can we work through that? Nina drowned- As a a trio right now? Nina drowned in a river. Yeah. 
but evidence left her, being but left her dress behind. Evidence being full dress of full and linens and linens. dry dry dress and linens. How did she drown? But outside of her clothes is yeah. Is the nurse like saying I'm guessing she drowned, or I watched her drown? <laughs> I think and this got is, her dress. This is a t- yeah. I saved the important part. We got this. Uh-huh. And we can sell it for scrap. <laughs> you can sell a you can sell a body for scrap. <laughs> that's sell that's it, not sell it for scrap. <laughs> yeah, like you, in exchange for scrap. Yeah. No, you can not sell as scrap as scrap. You can sell a human body as scrap. <clears throat> yeah, it's got organs in it. I'll get I'll get you a guy. Does the dress have organs in it? It might. Nah. It did at one point. Well, drowning usually doesn't make that happen. Um. So Morpheus's warriors tell him what happened, and he orders them to go out and search for Nina, and then he goes himself to talk to the nurse, who is uh, still sobbing and kind of makes up extra details. About so he, how she had forbidden Nina to bathe in that river. Mm-hmm. But Nina was real strong-headed and so snuck out in the morning before the nurse woke up because she'd forbidden her because it was dangerous. Yeah, you got to flesh out the backstory to make it more believable. So at sunrise, she snuck out to do it anyway because she always wanted to get her way. And so that's why the dress was on the side of the, the bank. And she... Presumably. Yeah, she was bathing naked in, in the river. public. In a garden, private garden. Public-ish. Yeah, a glass half full, half empty situation how good, there. How good of a river is that? Like, would the body be swept away? Um, the nurse's claims are that it was too dangerous to bathe, so I think we have a bit of a current in it. Uh, Morpheus goes to the river himself and finds no no sign of her, and then he declares a war a reward to the nation to bring Nina to him, dead or alive. Okay, so if you find the corpse, he this wants waterlogged it. corpse, he wants it. I'll still take it. <laughs> Anything will do. Uh, so days pass with no news, and he he like chills on the roof for most of this time. It's a curious guy, this Morpheus. He is a very curious guy. So it's gonna be fun to down his character throughout this. Uh, he's all sad and thoughtful. And uh, while he's on on the roof one night, he sees his favorite slave come up. And uh, the slave, whose name is Noi, gives him news that she's been found and she's alive. But he's real hesitant to continue the story mm-hmm. until Morpheus presses him, and then he says, "Okay, she's alive. She is with a young man." Ooh. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, boss. <laughs> oh, yeah. It just. She just wasn't feeling it. <laughs> uh, so Noi explains that he'd been planning to run away, taking advantage of all this chaos, to the home of his forefathers, since he wasn't exactly here by choice. Mm-hmm. Who? Uh, Noi, the slave. Noid? Noi. I'm going to go with Noid. N-O-Y. The Noid. This is why you avoid the Noi. Because <laughs> he you brings... your heart broken. <laughs> he, bring, he brings bad news and he'll break your heart. And, like, and steal eat your up pizza, all your pizza. <laughs> yeah. It's nice to know where that comes from, because oh. I didn't know like what the inspiration for the Noid was. Of course it's Caucasian. Folklore. <laughs> Obviously, it's Caucasian folklore. <clears throat> um, so Noi had uh, ridden to the sea on one of the, the horses he'd taken from the stables in hopes of finding a ship. But he was terrified of pursuit this whole time. Like, yep. He knew that everyone was disordered, but he's pretty sure he was stealing a horse and running away. Um, so he pressed the horse way too fast, and it ended up collapsing in a forest, forcing him to go on foot. Okay, it'll happen. Keep it. Uh, so Keep while the he horse, was... make it make it into candles to light your way. <laughs> you got four torch, 
four torches right on the ends of its stumps. <laughs> Just yeah, it's five five minutes work. <laughs> Are you suggesting horses are just made out of wax? Now? <laughs> yeah. You don't make wax from horses. Horses just are wax. <clears throat> I've played Assassin's Creed Origins. Horses are very flammable. <laughs> I have seen this. So are camels. Um, while he was walking through the forest, he heard human voices and was afraid, but he realized it was the sound of two people in love talking to each other. And then he sees two boys talking together about being tired and being afraid of Morpheus or his people finding them. Uh, Noi puts two and two together and realizes that one of these boys is probably Nina in disguise. Secret boy. Secret boy. Secret boy. Well, Nina was disguised as a boy for this escape plan. Yeah. Um, so he sneaks away, rests for a bit because he had been riding hard for a couple days, <laughs> eats some stuff. That's the moment to rest. Ah, I found them. I'll take a nap first. <laughs> No need to do anything yet. Well, he's trying to think about how he can get back quickly. Um, so he, he walks back. Why does he want to? His his plan was to escape. Right, but now he's got news. Oh, he's, he's a gossipy bitch. He's, he's thinking about that reward. Um, Maybe this isn't such a bad place to stay after all. I'm going to, like, I don't want to break his heart, but I don't know if they'll honor the reward for a slave, a runaway slave. He's being astoundingly honest. He could just say, I had a hunch. They had gone in a, like a different direction needed to be taken. I mean, I get, I get him going, like I get him giving information the first time because it's no skin off his ass, and it gives a distraction for him to get away. That makes perfect sense to me. Him going back is suspect. Well, he didn't give the information away. He ju- he just ran away. He didn't know where they went. He left. Well, no, I mean, he the- said like he said, "Hey, Morpheus, she's alive. Also, she's with a guy, right? That mm-hmm. that part's true. Yeah, I understand that." Yeah. That gives him the opportunity to get away. After that, like he should wash his hands of all of this. It's not his business. Oh, he didn't. Anymore. He didn't go back out. This is his story of how he found out where she was. Oh, I was confused. I thought yeah. he gave the info and used that as opportunity to run away. No, no, no. He used the opportunity of everybody searching for her. Yeah. To run away in the first place, but right. then he. So he's come back and looking he found for forgiveness this intel. now. Yeah. Um. So it is a, a big question, like why? Why bother to come back? Yeah. Reward. Um, and if you do come back, why? say you were running away why not like you know where they are now so you can make up the fact that you'd seen something beforehand and and got a hunch and and you wanted to make sure yeah like you can make up a tale but i guess he's just like honest yeah sorry noid you're you're (laughs) noid (laughs) sorry noy you're making some some big mistakes yeah on the whole seems like a smart fella does not have the best decision making capability for (laughs) self-preservation yeah so he wanders back toward where he'd left the horse and is surprised and pleased to discover that the Candles. horse the horse is still alive. <laughs> it's been turned into it, like its own altar vigil. <laughs> you know, you know what, what I mean. That's what happens to horses when they die. You yeah. can make a prayer candle for your dead horse out of your dead horse. Your dead Vigils horse makes- are us of horses for horses <laughs> by horses for horses of horses. Um, so. Ah, uh, yeah, the horse is still alive. Uh, it's been recovering from its way too hard run. And is oh, he... it's not dead? No, it's not dead. He's a little okay. surprised, too. Oh, all right. Uh, so he walks on the horse. Like, he gets on the horse's back, and he doesn't run it because it's still weak. Yeah. Uh, but the horse is starting to neigh off to another horse in the distance, so he like just lets the horse lead. Like a cat call. Just walkie-talkies. Yeah. <laughs> 
secret horse business. Hey, other horse, friend! So he follows this horse to the other horse, which is ridden by a young ca- uh, cavalier, a local aristocrat to this area. Mm-hmm. And the slave tells him that he's on an errand for his boss and he needs to get back, but he uh, can't quite manage this horse. And the cavalier looks at the horse and is like deeply upset because not only is it one of the best Arabian steeds he's ever seen, but it's been nearly broken. And he's going to ruin this horse if he continues riding it. Needs to have rest. Um, here, take my horse. You need to do regular maintenance. Right. This, this horse needs an oil change. You need to change that fan belt. Uh, so, so you take my horse, you finish your errand, you tell your master uh, where you got this horse from, and then he can either, like, we can do a horse trade, or he can bring my horse back and I give him his horse. Like, I'm we'll, flexible. We'll figure it out. We'll figure out the horse deal, but don't. Don't ruin this one because it's beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so the slave does this and explains more about his travel and like other horses he encountered along the way. <laughs> it's like, it's a long story. It doesn't really matter <laughs> until he got here. Um, so the king tells him to go get more horses and they'll ride those horses out to find <laughs> the, uh, Nina and the, the guy and also tell uh, lifeguards who are just other warriors to follow them secretly and not be hard on their horses and bring lots of wine and food so that everyone can eat well. Horse, 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 horse. There's a lot of horse talk condensed into like a paragraph. And lifeguards. Yeah. So like Baywatch horses. Yeah. <laughs> Pamela Anderson just, on a horse. Just. With a sword. Half naked sweaty dudes on a horse. Hmm. It's taking a turn. <laughs> Uh, so Morpheus and Noid ride their horses, not too fast, fast enough, but uh, Morpheus is lost in thought on this ride about the simple days when all he had to do was command an army. That's it. And all he had to worry about was getting military glory. Not all this punch a man to death on the back of a horse and marry his daughter who runs away with another man and a slave finds them rigmarole. Yeah, <laughs> that old chestnut. <laughs> You hate those days. Yeah, and, and so he's like reflecting about how these boobs have completely knocked him off track <laughs> as far as his original goals um, and how just glancing at this girl who was barely out of her teens had derailed him of everything he'd prided himself on with the victories and the glory and the punch murders and the kingship. Um, but now all of that stuff that used to define his person isn't even interesting to him anymore. And this, this little kid has made fun of him. Mm-hmm. That cannot stand. She's manipulated her nurse and the servants and the warriors and even him, Morpheus, the terrible, powerful, and invincible conqueror. How many of those are true? Probably uh, not his that His name's not one, Morpheus. Right? <laughs> what? His name's not Morpheus. Everything else was true? Yeah. Um... She's thinking about how she didn't fear him. She doesn't respect his titles, doesn't respect his military history. He should be saying all this to a therapist. Probably. (laughs) And not a horse. (laughs) Well. He's saying it to himself in his head. The horse is just bonus. Uh, He had not won her, and this dumb little boy that he could knock down with one blow like some piece of paper (laughs) is the one that she's excited and especially delighted over. She doesn't give a shit about him, and he just does not understand. So he's decided that she is definitely going to be his wife, no matter how hard it is for him to do so. Ew. And if she doesn't need to feel his love or see any need to receiving his caresses, then then let her feel his strength, his might, his power, and his wrath. That sounds like not, like not a good thing he wants to do. Yep. Story gets a little uncomfortable in places, but not too bad. So just be aware of that going forward. Sure. 
Um, so his lifeguards, who are just a bunch of warriors, show up. Uh, they are a little frightened by the look in his eyes. What are they decked out with? Whistles. His gear. lifeguards. What kind of what kind of floaties? I mean, you watched Baywatch three times on plane. I, t- I did <laughs> without very familiar without sound and not on my screen. Surprisingly, <laughs> with sound, it is this story. <laughs> <laughs> it is this exactly just a few of the parts swapped around the rock could be in this too yeah um so the warriors are a little frightened by the look in the king's eyes which is understandable because it sounds like he went from normal contemplative straight to crazyville mm-hmm. in the course of a horse ride yeah, it sounds like a snap has occurred uh he tells them his intent to have revenge and he asks them what punishment is worthy of the crime of these two people uh unanimously they shout kill them both Nice. These lifeguards in their one-track minds. And the Tsar said, that is insufficient. Try again. Drown them in the river. Not enough. Burn them alive. Still too good for them. Are these guys shouting in unison each time? Yeah. That's impressive. Let wild beasts tear them apart. These two guys are simpatico. <laughs> they need to get on, like, give Cirque du Soleil a call or something. They're on the same page. I don't know if there's room in Cirque for two men who can <laughs> shout at the same time, but I think I'm, it'd be a good sort of just like mid-act I performance. I mean, it's always the same thing. It's impressive. Could be anything, yeah. So the Zara's like, no, no, guys, you don't get it. All of your suggestions are over too quickly, and it doesn't appease my desire for revenge here's the here's the plan that i've cooked up while you guys have been shouting at me we're gonna capture them alive we're gonna lock them up in rooms opposite each other so that they can still see each other through the windows of their dungeons and i will prepare a spectacle to wound my rival worse than fire and then we can cut off their he- proud heads and throw them away to be eaten by dogs nice the czar is now silent his face is way paler and his eyes are staring out worse than before and he's terrible to look at and the warriors are, are terrified of him uh, so they find the place where Noi had seen them last, and they see the traces of their stay and use that to track them through a meadow and into a field where a bunch of laborers are working. They ask the laborers for some more information about like, where this these two boys might have gone. Mm-hmm. And they receive the intel that they had been taken in by Bindandari, who is the fellow that um, saved the horse earlier. Coincidence. Uh, also, one of the youths is ill, so they have called a doctor from the coast to come check it out. And for whatever reason, we then have a, a conversation between Morpheus and this laborer about why they called the doctor from the coast. Like, how far away is the coast? Oh, it's uh, six or seven agaches away. I'm pronouncing that wrong, I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, and then the story has an aside that explains that an agache is a little bit more than six and less than seven firsts. So now we know. Now we know. Yeah. Um, and Morpheus is like, well, why not? Is there no doctor closer? And I don't know why he cares since he's planning to eventually <laughs> feed them to dogs. Yeah. Um, he but, wants the doctor to watch. But the laborer says, no, our, our clo- we do have one here, but it's not skilled enough for this problem. This is like ordinary doctor. Yeah, we got a doctor, but he fucking sucks. (laughs) He's like a field doctor, whatever. We need a sea doctor. He he shouted it loud enough for the doctor to hear (laughs) behind him. We have no sea doctor. We need a doctor hardened by the salt air. It's just a doctor with a single tear going down his eye as he flips his sign to closed. Uh, so Morpheus tells the laborer to go tell his master that the fellow who owns the Arab horse has come to pay his debt. And then Morpheus sends his warriors to go into the forest, chill out there for a while. And he tells Noi not to disclose his name just yet. 
So Bindandari greets them and, and invites them into his home and they get treated well and there's a long description of the fancy rooms and all that. Um, after a nice dinner, Bindandari offers to let him go rest, but Morpheus says, now let's talk alone. So Bindandari kneels down once they're alone and kisses his coat, in spite of not previously acting like he'd recognized Morpheus at all. And Morpheus is like, oh, what now? And Bindandari says, now I know you, but I figured if you wanted to be common knowledge, you probably would have introduced yourself as Morpheus, king of invincible town king or whatever. King of forever town? Yeah. <laughs> the immortal kingdom. Um, so I'm just trying to, like, respect your wishes. So Bendendari is on it. Sharp dude. Uh, so Morpheus says, oh, okay, well, just so you know, I came here for revenge, and I'm gonna need your help, but it is gonna break the laws of hospitality on which you pride yourself. Uh, Bendendari says, okay, (laughs) uh, well, how about you just kill me, and that way I can fulfill my sovereign duty to you, the king, and I am not responsible for anything that happens in my house after I'm dead. Doesn't seem like a great deal. Not for him. (laughs) Yeah. It's a a strange offer. (laughs) Morpheus is like, let's table that plan. (laughs) You fucking weirdo. (laughs) Why is that offer one? (laughs) Um, Here's the deal going on with me. Uh, The chick I wanted to lawfully wedded bang uh, is now disguised as a boy. So it shouldn't be too bad a breach of hospitality. Like it's definitely going to overstep the official on the book laws of hospitality. But there's a little bit of wiggle room. When you find out, like, she belongs to me, essentially, because I pointed at her and said, we're getting married on this day, so, like... I put my flag on her. <laughs> yeah. So, like, <laughs> legally, she's mine. Um, you could call it a bizarre occurrence. So, handing, two. handing her over is not that inhospitable. Um, and her companion has insulted my royal honor. So, as a true subject... It is only natural that once you've learned of his crimes, when like now, um, that you would chase him from your house and outside of your house, no hospitality required. Like here's how's that for it? Uh, so Bindendari. I want the Monty Python guys to just shout, <laughs> "Get on with it!" Right now. <laughs> uh, Bindendari has a sad look and a sad sigh as a response to this, and he repeats the "Just kill me" request. Like just. That's the best way. What's this guy's deal? And the king says, I can't kill you. I owe you a favor for, like, the horse deal. Call Um, it a favor. So you can demand anything you want except for me pardoning my rival. You're a young and unmarried man. Is it possible you don't understand my thoughts? I don't know if this is, like, you can ask for anything you want, you lonely single man, because his mind is in this gutter. Or, or what the deal is. I got a Rolex of ladies. I got binders <laughs> full of women, and I'll dump them on your doorstep. Oh, Remember that? I do now. Remember when that happened? I do. Oh, that has been... Seems... Like, layered under a strata of bullshit yeah, for a while. Seems so innocent now. Does it? Uh, so Bendendari says... By comparison. Still seems bad to me. Yeah, it does. Bendendari says, sorry, forgive me. I need... I just... I'm going to tell you the whole truth. Um, after I talked to that Noi fellow you got here, uh, I went home by the most direct route, which took me kind of through the forest. Mm-hmm. I happened among two boys, with one, the younger of which was shaking from malaria. When I came up on them, the older one drew a knife, but I offered my hospitality to Did them. Did she actually go in the river? <laughs> She did she, not. She just like picked up malaria. She got well. He should maybe not get too attached. 
Malaria is malaria is not good now. That's the bug one, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's the mosquito Skeeters. kind. Well, <laughs> during the long, re, uh, during a long recounting of a long conversation between uh, what what's his face, Bindandari and um, Cesario or whatever his name is, mm-hmm. Cicero. Cicero. Yeah. Yeah. Caesar. Uh, pizza. Pizza. <laughs> And the annoyed in one story. Uh, Cicero is is hesitant to take him up on the hospitality, and mm-hmm. Bendari's like, "Look at look at this kid. If you're out in the cold all night, kid's gonna die. If you come in a nice warm room, probably be better by morning." Um, so I guess they had malaria on lockdown here. I don't know. They maybe got it figured out. Maybe it's like light malaria. Just a touch. Um. 48-hour malaria. So they, they agreed to his hospitality after making him promise not to hand them over to Morpheus alive or dead. And otherwise, no thanks, we'll just die out here. So that's why he wants to be dead so bad. Yeah, he's, he's made a sovereign promise yeah. not to do this. So they did bring them in. The sick boy on the, the walkover while being carried in the litter kept telling Cicero to just kill her if they discover them because she wishes to be none other than his wife. No desire to be a Tsarina. Um, and so Cicero, seeing that they're... <clears throat> a Tsarnina, if you will. Sure. I, I, will, I will this time. Just this once? Yes. Uh, so Cicero, seeing that their secret has already been outed to this stranger by his feverish lover, uh, explains everything about what they've been to. And uh, now Bindon... Can't remember his name. Papa John. Bindandari has finished his uh, his recollection, and he's in present time, and is like, "Look, sire, king, buddy, old pal, these two liked each other before they knew you were a thing. You didn't exist. Yeah. You didn't own the land or anything. They've been in love for a while, um, and I get it. She is super hot. Here's the other reason why I need you to kill me. I want her too. <laughs> I need an oh, out. Oh no." Like this I, is and this is Papa John talking. This is a nice horseman. Yeah, Papa John. Papa John about who's the Noid again? <laughs> That's the slave. The Noid, yeah, the slave. servant who found where where'd that guy get up to? He's still hanging out, following orders. He's he's with where? He's Morpheus. with Morpheus. He's with Morpheus, and they're chasing Cicero, little Caesars, little Caesars, and. Dominino. Dominina? <laughs> Dom- Dominina. The <laughs> great pizza wars. It's a pizza soap opera. <laughs> what other pizza places are there? Let's find out. Marcos. Marcos. Papaginos. <laughs> I don't we'll know get, if that's just in the north, though. We'll get to them. <clears throat> um, so Morpheus is now pacing the room with huge steps and mouth twitches. So I'm sure that's not disturbing at all to watch. And then he shouts, I wish to see her. Uh, Bernardino or whatever says, Papa John. please be gracious, sir. She's just like literally just been seen by a doctor. She has a terror fever. If she sees Ooh, you. What? A terror fever? <laughs> yeah, she's feverish with terror. That sucks. <laughs> and if she, she sees you, she's uh, definitely going to move from terror fever into terror dead. So... <laughs> So let's not do that. Also, doctor terms. Also, I cannot stress to you enough. Please just kill me. Uh, My life is now painful because I fell in love with your bride, and it's worse than what Cicero did because at least he fell for her while she was a free woman. You hadn't pointed at her yet and picked her out like a bakery case. Um, I fell in love with her after you pointed at her, so... I'm in the yeah. double wrong. Uh, but the reward that I ask for my service 
is to let Nina live. Don't deprive her of her happiness with whoever she wants. I am deprived of my happiness with her because damn. Uh, So I guess Papa John tried to bend a knee. Yeah, did Papa John fall in love with Dominina? Yes, Papa John fell in love with Uh, Dominina. Before or after uh, she was undisguised? Because that could secretly be progressive. (laughs) After undisguised, it was when the doctor came to check her out. And oh, it's a woman, and also I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it just <laughs> yeah. happened quickly. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, so uh, he tries to bend on on one knee, and the czar says, "No, we will talk like young men of equal rank, but leave me alone for a few minutes. I need to think. <laughs> I'm gonna blow a fucking gasket." <laughs> Um, so... <laughs> oh my gosh, it's gotten too complicated. Yeah, this this is a soap opera for a while, and then it goes off the rails. We haven't gotten to the off... No. Oh, oh no. no. Okay. We're, just, we're firmly entrenched in soap opera right now. Uh, so Morpheus continued pacing the room, and in, in his mind and body, there's a, a great conflict between his deceived love and his wounded pride and his need for revenge warring with his like natural goodness and his love of mercy and chivalry and after about an hour of pacing the bad intentions finally kind of drained out of him so he threw himself on the sofa emotionally exhausted from this experience and went to sleep with the resolution to pardon nina (laughs) go ahead he he did a good poop and got the bad stuff out (laughs) yeah he pushed those toxins right out now, I'm not too optimistic optimistic about working in Hungry Howie's Pizza into this. <laughs> uh-huh. There's a couple others that I'm just not... See, the one that I worked at, which was not a chain, was called Hungry Herbs. There's a couple of these, like, Happy's Pizza. Mm-hmm. Hungry tough. Hippos. It's tough. Bullwinkle's <laughs> Restaurant, which is apparently a chain. <clears throat> pizza Hut does not lend itself to being a person. Pizza Hut, neither does Mellow Mushroom. No. Weren't you just literally complaining us uh, 15 seconds ago about this being a long story well it's still a long story okay it so... would be long if we talk about pizza or not <laughs> I, wanted, I just wanted to take a quick little pizza break here in the middle just a tasty treat although you did get papa john's in there yeah <laughs> so maybe, and, and maybe it has there's... nothing to do with the character's name yeah, or anything well you do what you can. So maybe there's some hope for some of these well, i picked papa john because it's an actual fucking name yeah that's that's it. Um, Sbarros. Let's try to get Sparrows, Sparrows in there. I think that that's got that's got a chance. Yeah, there's some traction there. All right. So Morpheus is asleep with a resolution to pardon Nina. Uh, however, the devil does not like it when noble intentions show up. Whether the it's devil, devil. Can we call the devil Barnes and Noble Pizza Pretzel? <laughs> <laughs> Was yeah. that a thing that Barnes and Noble tried? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, that sounds like the devil's yeah, work. Why not? <laughs> I mean, I do want to try a pizza pretzel. Not it's that, okay. Not that one. So the, the Barnes & Noble pizza pretzel <laughs> this, oh my gosh. really doesn't like good Here, intentions. Whether it's Sabaros hates good intentions. Do whether it's a, a Christian or a heathen who has it, like, is going to find a way to fudge that to pieces do us a favor uh show this episode to some like listen to this episode with with somebody new and start listen to the beginning skip the middle go to the end and see how many of the like the dots you can connect i just want to and film them and then send it to us because i want to see someone's reaction are are we married to uh what what is even 
Cesaro, Caesar, Little Caesars. Yeah, are we married to Little Caesars for him, or could he be Sabaro? He could be CC's Pizza <laughs> or CC's Pizza. CC's Pizza. CC. That's better. CC's is is closer. Yeah, it's much better. Who's this new guy? The devil. The devil. <laughs> no, the other one. Wasn't there someone else who no, came on? No, this was the devil. We just got the devil. Just, okay. Yeah, so the devil's shown up. Uh, he Barnes and Noble pizza pretzel. Yeah, but the Barnes and Noble pizza pretzel shows up in, in uh, Morpheus's dream, uh, dressed as Nina, like pretend Nina, mm-hmm. uh, joking and laughing with Bindandari, a.k.a. Papa John. <laughs> About their clever deception of the king and how she's totes going to bang uh, Papa Cece's John's. <laughs> no, she's oh, not. Papa John's. She's leaving Cece's Pizza for, for Papa, Papa John's. John's. Uh, and the whole, like, and Bendendari even tricked the king into pardoning her to, to love whoever she wants so that he can get some of that sweet, sweet Le- Nina action. I feel better about Cece's Pizza being the name because trading up from Cece's to Papa John's is an actual, like, I was up the ladder. I was going to say, that make regardless of the story, that makes good, like, that's <laughs> a good logical move. sense. Yeah. That's a good transaction. Um, so the king wakes up from his dream fully enraged again. Mm-hmm. He orders Noi to have the warriors chain up Bendendari Pop- slash Papa John's, Cece's Pizza, and Nina. <laughs> Dominina. Domi- or just Domino's. Dominina. But we already have the Noid, so that's two for one. It's yeah. two Dominoes. Well, hey, we call them like we see them. <laughs> well, while he rides home ahead of time, because if he stays in this place for one more minute, he's just going to choke strangle everybody. I mean, I understand it. Yeah. If if the three of us were also there, he'd probably be pretty fast. Because <laughs> in the middle of them trying to figure this shit out, we're just shouting pizza chain names. It's probably not helping when you have to remember. I like remember. that addition to any like folkloric soap opera setting. We are there mucking things up. Just yelling chain restaurants at them. I feel like I'd be a good heckler. <laughs> you are. That's your job. Yeah, for, exactly. Like in this situation. In in any situation. In life. There are places you can definitely go to do that. They yeah. don't like it. Right. But. I mean, I'm, I I don't want to ruin people's good times, if, typically. If you if you decided to heckle a comedian by yelling like pizza, like pizza puns about their name, that, <laughs> that's at least interesting heckling. <laughs> I don't know if that's like cool to shout good jokes that you think of back at a comedian. Not usually, no. <laughs> yeah. Just take that uh, at 1943 joke book and, and yeah. just shout those back at them. Um, so Morpheus gets home and the next day the prisoners are brought to him and he stands on the roof again. He loves that freaking roof. Loves it. And he's all wicked, dark, terrible. Brooding, darkness, all no his, parents. His noble feelings are all gone for good. He's full devil. The devil done a good job in that Nina disguise. He took <laughs> He took his, one bite of that his, Barnes and Noble pizza his heart pretzel. Is the shape of a Barnes and Noble pizza pretzel. <laughs> so, standing on the roof, wicked, dark, terrible. He silently points to Nina and then he points to his house and the the warriors understand him and drag her there. Okay. That's pretty uh, straightforward uh, direction. And in my in my head he's still staring out with like the crazy wide-eyed look. Yeah. And he watches this happen and waits. And once she's in there, he points to Cece's pizza. <laughs> and he points to the house opposite his house. <laughs> he go there. And they drag him off there in chains. Um so Bindandari slash Papa John's 
is the last prisoner left in the middle of the courtyard. That one's a stretch. Uh, and Morpheus shouts, cut off his sly head. What about Morpheus? What do we got there? I mean, Morpheus is already a very good nickname, but what's the actual name again? Um, Morphilizzi. Get back to me. Um, so he, he shouts, cut I mean, he, off. He could be Marcos. Yeah, there's an M in there. Good enough, right? Yeah, Marcos Pizza. What's the name again? Morphilizzi. Yeah. Uh, so Morpheus shouts, cut off his sly head with so much anger that a flame came out of his mouth. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, you need to get that checked, I think. So here's where we're off the rails. A little bit, yeah. Flames are coming out of people's mouths. Yeah, I guess worse. Um, Buttholes? (laughs) That would be worse. Flames out the buttholes? That would be a CC's problem. Yeah, what you do get from CC's Pizza. So (laughs) once again, makes a lot of sense. (laughs) Our metaphor tracks. Uh, pretty inspired stuff when you think about it. <laughs> We're brilliant. Uh, so as soon as Bendendari's head is divided from his body, a wonder occurred. The bright and clear day suddenly turned black with a cloud that descended onto the corpse and hid it from the eyes of the onlookers. The cloud dissipated slowly, and in the spot where Bendendari had died, mm-hmm. there stood a magnificent white tulip. Oh, now we're getting to the, the in, namesake. Yeah, the, the indomitable tulip or whatever it is. Incombustible. That one. I like indomitable tulip. <laughs> <laughs> incombustible is very specific. It leads me to believe that they will try and fail to combust it. To blow it up somehow. Yeah. Maybe with Cece's pizza-related butthole flames. <laughs> okay, so a cloud has turned a corpse into a tulip. Uh-huh. Uh, Morpheus has watched that and now he shouts he's a witch i shouted that at papa john's before (laughs) and as he shouts this flames come out of both his mouth and his nostrils then he orders nina's old nurse to be dragged out here and knocked down before the cursed tulip because that's what you do about witches so the nurse is beheaded her blood splatters on the tulip and the center of the tulip grows strikingly wet red with pale rosy strips on the leaves. So then he orders Cicero to be dragged to the window, and this is the point where it gets a wee bit uncomfortable. Okay. Mostly for intention rather than action, so just warning to the listeners. Who drags who? Uh, Morpheus has ordered the warriors to drag Cicero to the window and hold his head in place so that he can't miss what's going on in the window opposite. Yeah. With Nina. Uh, then he just roars like a madman. And I, Does I, fire come out this time? Uh, flames come from his mouth, his nostrils, and his ears. And I think he's just roaring. We are getting closer to butthole. <laughs> <laughs> Making our way there. We're running out of holes. I would take flaming nips, too, honestly. <laughs> would you? Just tassels of fire. <laughs> Can you animate from that Papa as a John? gift? Wait, no, he's not Papa John's. Yeah. He's Marcos. Yeah, Papa John's is I'm a tulip now. i confusing my own metaphor. <laughs> a lot of pizza places to keep track of. All right, so when he's done roaring, he orders everybody else to get away. It's just going to be people holding Cicero's head in, in the window, himself and Nina. So he goes into his own house. He takes his place across the window from Cicero, and he orders Nina brought to him. She's dragged into the room half dead from fear. He grabs her in embrace and brings her to the open window, across from which Cicero is fighting to free himself from the chains with no luck. Um, so Nina shouts, shouts at Cicero to call to her god, then glances at her feet and faints from terror. Her feet? Uh, Morpheus also looks at her feet and is astonished, because they had grown together and formed one black mass. What? So rashly, he's ripping her clothes off, 
but her transformation takes place even faster, so he doesn't even get a peek. Her whole body burns and grows black, and in a few minutes from her hands jumped a splendid butterfly, joyfully flew across the square to meet another butterfly that had blown from Cicero's dungeon. Dungeon. They butterfly at each other? They burned up and became butterflies. What? Okay. Like pizzas do. (laughs) Like pizzas do. So both Cece's Pizza and Dominina (laughs) flew to the nurse's body and the white tulip and circled around that little scene in the courtyard. Mm -hmm. Uh, Morpheus is so wrathful that he forgets human words. So he's just roaring and flaming and he turns into a flame just all the way. Hondo percent flame, man. Coward. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And he slips into the square and he's rising in the air, chasing the butterflies, trying to burn them to death. The butterflies are flying around everywhere to escape it, but the flames are following them. What do the townspeople think? Well, they've been cleared of the area. So they're just watching their town burn down? Just the middle of it. Okay. (laughs) It's just like the courtyard around the important person's house. Okay. (laughs) Um, So they hide themselves in the tulip, and the tulip closes its leaves to shelter them. Thanks, Papa John. (laughs) Uh, The full fury of the fire is now fixed upon the tulip. The body of the nurse now turns into a rain shower and fights back against the flames. The flames can't destroy the tulip no matter how hard they try, and the tulip just kind of steals the orange color of the flames and puts that into its leaves as well. After a long battle, the nurse finally wins. The flames of Morpheus go down into the ground, and they only show themselves when the Lord wishes to punish sinners. Mm. And how dreadful is Morpheus then, shaking the whole earth, tearing it to pieces, letting whole villages fall into ruins. In a word, Morpheus became a perfect subterranean fire and hourly curses new generations. Good faithful nurse thanks God for turning her into a beneficent shower without which everyone and everything on earth would perish. So that's how you got earthquakes and rainstorms, guys. You be happy? Got the origin story of earthquakes and rainstorms. Anyway, after <laughs> after the danger has passed, the tulip opens, the butterflies fly out, they fly to their house, turn into people again, get married, sell off all of Nina's dad's shit, move to Rome, <laughs> took the tulip with them. Rome, where pizza's from. Yep. <laughs> See, perfect metaphor. You guys did good. (laughs) They take the tulip with them. Luckily, Cicero's country is also favored by heaven, just like our own. Why did they get to come back to life? And not the tulip. They they never got beheaded. They just got magic fired into butterflies. Mm -hmm. Um... So they put the tulip in the best spot in their garden, and soon there was a whole field of tulips kept alive by the nurse's rain showers. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Nurse's then, rain showers is a weird sentence. And then uh, Cece's Pizza and Dominino's numerous children would play in the tulips <laughs> while a shower refreshed them every morning and evening, during which Cece's Pizza and Dominino's would go into the garden and kiss the bright leaves of the flowers and remember their dear old nurse, whom the people now bless the world over as a reward for her faithfulness and love of the end. Oh boy. We went way off the rails there. (laughs) Clunky landing. Yeah, I did not see a lot of that coming. I kind of thought it would just be an origin story for the colors of tulips, or maybe like how tulips turned into a similarly shaped flower that has a lot more interesting colors than the tulip. We did not make things better. 
Uh, sort of the telltale signs of a writer who has written themselves into a corner and cannot figure a good way out of it. And so you get really, really conceptual at the end to just paint over it and hope no one notices. I think they'd like chickened out on how bad they were going to show Morpheus being. Yeah. Because like it was going to a dark place and I was yeah. starting to get deeply concerned. Uh, luckily, it never stuck that landing. Because I think the. Because everyone became butterflies instead. Yeah, and then. Then earthquakes are a thing now. Morpheus himself is a very interesting character. Yeah. Because he's set up in the beginning. Like, I, I was certain in the beginning of the story, between him, like, trying to revive this guy that he'd accidentally dueled to death. Yeah. And the nurse explaining, like, Cicero's defects and that she hadn't given him a chance or anything. And there's usually a royalty bias in a lot of these stories. That he'd be all right. Yeah. That it, it turned out that Cicero was was tricking her for money or something like that um so i don't know that we get too many like bad czar stories but maybe i just haven't paid that much attention and yeah, they've typically been okay yeah like we've gotten bad king stories mostly from Donois, but i don't know and we've gotten good kings that are actually bad kings um have we had a mad king like this yet one who poops fire that i remember not this mad not no. not a butt mad king. Not Nero levels of mad. Standing on a roof and sh- shooting flame from your mouth Pissing like a dragon. Pointing dramatically. Yeah, there's some like good visual moments in this. Yeah, I think yeah. this would make a pretty good movie. Yeah, it is. Like I I don't hate it actually. It gets a little nuts, there, but there's a glut of an ensemble. <laughs> a what? We have too many players. Yeah, we could maybe trim it down a little bit. Oh, I think in a in a visual medium, it'd be a lot easier to keep track of. And also, if we aren't changing the names <laughs> of pizza restaurants, it would be easier to take keep track of the Noid if you could see him. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's very bright and red, and he'd be easy to pick out. Because we we really just have we have briefly a father, which is usually how these stories go. Briefly a father by Harper Lee, <laughs> um, and we have. Uh, the Tsar, Nina, Cicero, and then our auxiliary players of Nurse, Noi, this dude, and then our ancillary players of warriors and laborers, Lifeguards. like, like background staff. Um, <laughs> so it's not that horses, many. Horse. There were a lot of horses. River. So it's not that many like players in the ensemble cast. I think we have we just got ourselves confused by having two names for most of them. <laughs> I'm sure. I refuse to believe that. <laughs> I'm sure our readers uh, were able to keep it sorted out. Yeah, you know which pizza is which. Um, But his progression as a character is really interesting because there's like a baseline goodness. If we were to fix this story, we need a a longer descent from from normal king into crazy king. It's a weird reversal, too. Right. Because he he gets the toxins out and the devil's like, no, you don't. (laughs) Shove them right back in. I'm going to put all of them back in (laughs) and no goodness is left. Right, I think that's the point where we need to, because the first part is kind of a, a play on the whole toxic mas- masculinity thing. Like, yeah. I wanted this pastry from the pastry um, shelf, and some other guy got the pastry. I and punched now a horseman to death for you. Now I'm going <laughs> to kill that guy and the pastry, because <laughs> if I don't get the pastry, no, no one, one does. No one may have this pastry. 
Um, so that's not a good way to think about people. I shall not be cucked by a pastry. <laughs> it's definitely not good. It is also definitely still a mindset present today. And so that could be expanded into something that like comments on that. Mm-hmm. I'm yeah. glad that he's not a good person. Like that in the, yeah. this mindset is definitely said to be wrong in this story, which Negative. is not always the case. Um, so I, I can understand like that wounded pride thing and I like the turnaround. I think spending a little bit more time on that turnaround to no actually chivalry and, and mercy and like treating people as people is is a good thing and I knew her for two seconds before I claimed her. The way that I have just been picturing it in my head is him like when he's trying to like put these feelings down, when he's trying to excise the toxins in the first place. Is he's just his eyes are clenched closed and he's seething mad and then like soft like harp music starts playing and it's like a soft fate or uh, focus on the camera mm-hmm. and everything's sort of light and springy and then is back in it <laughs> and breathing fire. <laughs> yes, that's a good zooms in and focuses really sharply of that whole situation. Um, but yeah, if we were to fix it, I would, I would slow us down on that like little realization that she's a human being. They Mm -hmm. knew each other before he existed. He doesn't legitimately have claims on her. And then also slow down the build back, like not have one dream completely knock it over. It's pacing issues. One dream that a devil did. (laughs) Yeah. One, one good, good devil dream should not turn you from, (laughs) from like immature and unable to handle rejection Mm -hmm into being fire yeah fire shitting murder rapist it's pacing let's just let's just change <laughs> it's all pacing let's just change the pacing yeah call lawrence fishburn call i don't know i think keeping his intent there is extraordinarily dramatic and i think that's well handled that tension in yeah. the end where he's just silently pointing, pointing at things at and he's not he's not stating outright what he intends to do but you you fucking know mm-hmm. you he's know on a roof you know <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you know what where people that leads. do up there. <laughs> He's playing a fiddle while like, roof, the city burns. Stuff. <laughs> I I do like that 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 they did pull that particular punch in the end. Sure. Um, how do you do guys like feel that? about the, yeah? They did not go through mm-hmm. with that. He was thwarted in his intent there. Yeah. Uh, I would continue thwarting that intent if we were to turn this into a feature film. <laughs> please God. Um, how do you guys feel about the moral of the story being that's how earthquakes happened? <laughs> How's that as like a good, good ending to a film with this much tension and drama? As a film, I love it. <laughs> Are you kidding? That would be incredible. <laughs> he set up this whole soap as, yeah, opera modern day fantasy <laughs> situation. like, and that's earthquakes. <laughs> Right. Like, that's what they do. Yeah, there's this incredible drama with top billed actors, and at the very end, some old man like closes a book and says to his grandchildren, "That's why earthquakes is." <laughs> Cut <to> credits. <laughs> Post credit scene of a bunch of kids playing with tulips while a rainstorm smiles at them from above. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good example. Incredible. I'm trying to think of a good like example of a of a movie doing that. Like what like in Cloud Atlas, like right at the end. If it if they didn't do the spiel about like, you know, Son Mi saying like all like all our lives, like and all our actions like echo throughout like all other timelines and stuff, and it was just Tom Hanks says to his kids, That's the true true about Sandy Wiggles. <laughs> <laughs> 
Jesus just like like comes down to just like some old wives tale and he's like that that's the true truth let's go inside so keep earthquake ending I'm, I'll yeah yeah accentuate earthquake ending <laughs> yeah slow the pacing down there deal with it a little bit more it needs a a 20 minute slow motion earthquake sequence <laughs> and then can we have a sequel that is basically one of those like sci-fi original movies about an earthquake attacking a city oh well, one thing i told you guys to remember something the gold belt yeah why did you say it because it never shows up again <laughs> and there's no point to it but i remembered it good fuck someone <laughs> did you won i didn't i i have no memory of that thing whose was it uh Mark no, Cicero's. That's enough for this week. Thank you again to Oliver Snoutman. The lean dog prefers liberty over food and a chain or whatever that whole thing <laughs> That's is. That's pretty close, I think. A, to abundant food and mm. a chain. Missed one word. Uh, Liberty's always good. AT201, good boy. Thank you so much for sponsoring this episode. Thank you, Oliver. Thanks, Oliver. You're a good boy. Uh, thank you to Anne Kristen for setting us on the path. Again, if you want us to read that specific moon story, I need a little <laughs> guidance. Um, but we did find this one, and I'm pretty pleased about that. So appreciate. Thanks, Anne Christmas. <laughs> Chris. Kristen. Chris. Crisp, crispy crust pizza. Crispy. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> crispy thin crust. Everyone gets a pizza name now. Uh, thank you to our Patreons for helping us keep keep rolling on this show. It feels nice to be back in like a normal episode. Yeah, seat. it does. Thank you to our top tier patrons, Heather, Jen, Jenna, and Robert. Thank you, patrons. Thank you, patrons. Uh, thank you to Doug. Yes, thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Say it like it's a question. It's thank not you. a question. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thank the crap out of you, Doug. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, John Waterbottle. Thank you, John Waterbottle. Thank you, John Waterbottle. Thank Always. you, the Neon. Neon. Thank you, the Neon. Thank you, Knives. Knives. Thank you, Rolled Doll. Rolled Doll. Thank <laughs> you, CeCe's Pizza. CeCe's Pizza. <laughs> sure. See, I like this part of the, the episode where I just like sit back and watch you say a thing, Thank and then you. it's like a racquetball match <laughs> where, where Cordy just echoes back the last bit at you. Dominoes. Thank you, bees. Thank you, bees. <laughs> Thank you, bees. Thank you, orange trees. No. Thank you, camel. We're done with it. Thank you, what? Nev Camel. <laughs> Thank, <laughs> Thank you, Nev Camel. What's happening? <laughs> it's fucked you're, from underneath you're me. Back. Thank you, Gumbo. Thank, Thank you, you Tom. <laughs> Thank you, Kermit. We're what the folklore. That's how it works. This has been What the Folklore. Thanks for listening to our show. If you have any feedback for us, you can leave it either by Gmail or Facebook. Our Gmail account is wtfolklore at gmail.com, and our Facebook page can be found at facebook.com slash wtfolklore. Feel free to send in stories if you have any particularly odd pieces of folklore or mythology that you would like to hear us talk about. Special thanks to the Brobdingnagian Bards for the use of their song Happily Ever After from their album Brobdingnagian Fairy Tales.